Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we are joined by Scott Adams, Deputy Director of Broadband and Digital Literacy with the California Department of Technology to discuss high-speed internet access in California and how the state is working to close the digital divide. Scott, welcome to the show. So, Scott, before we dive into this thing about the Internet and access, could you share a bit more about yourself and the California Department of Technology? Certainly, Dr. Gordon, and thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here on the podcast. So, as you said, my name is Scott Adams. I'm the Deputy Director of Broadband and Digital Literacy at the California Department of Technology. I've been in this role for About two years and prior to that, had an interesting career as a community organizer, as a political campaign manager. I worked in the legislature and then for a major internet service provider for about 10 years. After then, I left to go to the UC Berkeley Goldman School of Public Policy to get my master's in public affairs and study the digital divide from a different set of eyes. And that happened to coincide with the pandemic, which we all know exacerbated the digital divide. And I ended up taking this position. And so the Department of Technology and the Office of Broadband and Digital Literacy is responsible for implementing the governor and the state's broadband for all program, which is intended to close the digital divide and foster digital equity throughout the state. And it's really predicated that there are three main components, access, affordability, and adoption that are critical for us to achieve digital equity here in California. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, when we talk about improving high-speed internet connection, also commonly known as broadband, we can facilitate access to medical care, stimulate economic development, foster social connections, and improve educational opportunities, and of course, a lot more things. But can you speak more on the importance of affordable and reliable internet access or broadband access? You said it at the top. Californians' ability to access broadband and the internet is really the difference between being able to fully engage in life and being cut off, particularly now that So much of modern life is dependent on the internet and technology. So I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Internet is critical to everything we do from education. Our school children need to use computers and the internet to write research papers, apply for colleges, folks entering the workforce. They need a keyboard. They need internet to develop a resume to apply for jobs, which almost 94% of jobs in California requires some kind of digital skills and you can really only apply for them online. And then I think you touched on the other piece is healthcare and other essential services now as we learn during the pandemic, increasingly as healthcare providers are providing the option of having virtual consultations and folks are required to manage their insurance benefit programs and other health programs online. 
It's absolutely critical. So our program at the state is intended to empower all residents so that they have the same equitable access to getting reliable, robust internet service in their communities, that they can afford internet service at home, that they have access to affordable devices, and then pathways to the skills and training they need to be able to use those tools to fully navigate the internet world. And it's so important, especially with telemedicine and all of these different things popping up. What does high-speed internet access look like in California in particular? Well, I think we could level set it by saying one in five Californians either lack access to reliable broadband service in their communities or at their residences, or they lack the ability to access affordable service at home. Devices are a major barrier for a large portion of those, like being able to afford a computer and a computer that works and fits their needs, and then having the basic skills and training. And so we can never forget the impact of the pandemic. The digital divide existed prior to that, but it was exacerbated and amplified even more so. And unfortunately, it impacts most the rural residents of our states, residents on tribal lands and in Indian country and in disadvantaged urban communities. And the sad reality is that it impacts those most vulnerable among us who either have low levels of education, income, folks who are impacted by age and familiarity with tech or even ability. So it's a big challenge and one we're attacking on many different fronts. So we know that we have these inequities, but what are some of the barriers to getting on or being online? Well, I think if we start with the three components, there's access, there's affordability, and there's adoption. And the state and the private sector have done a pretty good job at deploying infrastructure for most parts of the state. However, there are still areas, like I said, in the rural populations and the underinvested urban communities where there just isn't the robust, reliable broadband. So like the fiber infrastructure to support service to the home. So Access is always going to be a key piece. The second is affordability. And that is, even though millions of Californians can potentially access internet at their home, the cost of getting internet service is exorbitantly high for many who have to make a home economic decision on whether or not they're going to incur another cost to support their efforts. So affordability is a big issue. And then I think when you go back to it again, just the devices, skills, and training, the Adoption of the service is one of the biggest areas because affordability is key around being able to afford service and devices. But there's this whole other piece about having the skills and training or potentially a number of other factors can play a role in folks having fear of what they might be exposed to or not being able to navigate the internet. And then there's also another component about relevance or lack of perceived need, where in an era of relatively ubiquitous and powerful smartphones, that folks, when are confronted with that home economic decision of incurring another bill, are thinking, well, my mobile phone seems incredibly powerful. Why do I need this home internet service and some kind of a device? And the challenge is that a lot of the entities, government benefit programs and online banking, et cetera, you can access those by mobile phone, but their websites aren't optimized in the same way that they are on a computer. So if folks aren't accessing in that way, they're a little bit lacking in the ability to get the full power of those programs that are online. I love how you broke it down as access, affordability, and adoption as the barriers. So if we take a look at that, 
How is the state of California working to improve high-speed internet access? The state of California has been ahead of the game, and really since 2010, the legislature established the California Broadband Council, which is a 12-member entity. It includes nine state agencies, the Department of Technology, the California Public Utilities Commission, the California Transportation Administration, the Office of Tribal Affairs, and then there's one entity, the California Emerging Technology Fund, that's not a state agency, but it's a critical player in that role. And so since 2010, the Broadband Council has really, at the state level, coordinated the deployment of broadband infrastructure throughout the state and on and unserved communities. But where things really changed was during the pandemic, Governor Newsom, after the stay-at-home order, forced really the entire state to work from home, to go to school from home, to access health from home, issued a broadband executive order and told the Broadband Council to put their heads together and develop a state broadband for all action plan. And so that plan was developed in four months during the pandemic. A lot of very specific actions were directed to different state agencies and entities. But I think the important piece is that the first goal is that all Californians have access to reliable, high-speed quality internet service at home, schools, libraries, and businesses. The next piece of that is that in July of 2021, the state legislature and the governor answered the call and they allocated $6 billion. And that number is correct. That's $6 billion. About $3.25 billion went to the Department of Technology to develop and construct a statewide open access middle mile network in every corner of the state that would offset the current economic model of the industry and provide some of the infrastructure, alleviate the need for current incumbents to invest at capital costs and would also allow for new entrants to come into the space and provide service where service currently did not exist. The other piece of that is another $2.75 billion went to the California Public Utilities Commission to establish last mile grant programs that would go to internet service providers, new entrants, in some cases, cities, towns, counties, schools, libraries, to expand internet service out to their communities. So when you ask what's being done about access, the state is actually moving forward on an expedited plan to put $6 billion out there to increase the availability of fiber in the ground, both along the state highway system and then the fiber that connects to the state's middle mile that goes out to those communities. Oh, wow. So $6 billion to develop open access and then another $2.7 billion for utilities uh, grants to expand the internet. Those numbers, of course, sound great. I want to come back to those numbers, but first I want to get clear on what we're talking about in terms of this internet broadband, because we throw around a lot of terms, broadband, internet, cable, fiber, T3 lines. What is the optimal high speed at this point? And I know it changes. <laughs> Technology is always changing. But what should people be looking for in terms of access? Are all of these equal or how does that work? When looking at access, the goal is for current and future capacity and for folks to have the reliability of service to do what they need to do. And I think when we go back to the pandemic, I live in a household with three people. And so you had my wife running a business from home. You had me consulting and going to graduate school and my daughter doing online classes. When you have the compounded uses, even with the best internet service, you can get a slowdown. So a baseline cure is 
targeting an unserved population where we're at least exceeding 25 megabits, three megabits down, and that's the high threshold. And then really looking at 100 megabits is the speed level. And so I don't know if we want to talk so much about speed levels, but delivery system. And so the more fiber there is on the ground along the state highway systems, the more infrastructure there is building off of that coming into homes preferably a wired connection is going to get you the most reliable, accessible service to the home. But fiber is kind of the way the state is going? Well, the state has a lot of different tools. If you look at it this way, we live in a state that is 167,000 square miles. We have approximately close to 40 million residents. And to meet the needs of the entire population, some who live in very far remote areas that are impacted by geography, the goal is to get a wired connection to everyone. And the reality is, is that we have to be open to alternative technologies, some of which you mentioned, to do that last mile connection in areas and really focus on quality of service, reliability of service and speed. Well, I'm glad that we talked about that a bit. There's a lot of people knocking on doors saying, oh, we can get you a cheaper internet, or we're going to get you faster internet, or we're going to get you fiber versus this versus that. So I think it's important for our listeners to understand what it is that these things are. And then when you mentioned the amount of money that's going into this infrastructure, the $6 billion to develop open access, the $2.7 billion in grants to expand the internet, is any of this trickling down to the consumer in terms of grants that may help fund some of the affordability issues that are had with access? Well, there's two answers to that question. And so on the access side, the goal is, number one, to expand service where service doesn't exist. The next benefit is to expand competition in those areas where, say, only a large firm that could expand large amounts of capital to build out a system. If the state provides the backbone, that will enable other entrants to come into the equation to serve more areas and to have more choice, which could lead to a reduction in service costs. The other main piece here, we talked about access and affordability and adoption. The state is currently a year and a half into a statewide mobilization to promote a federal program called the Affordable Connectivity Program. And that is a $14.2 billion pool of money that was set aside at the federal government, at the Federal Communications Commission, to provide $30 a month subsidies to residents throughout the nation to drive down the cost of current internet service or to help incentivize people to enroll in internet service where they don't have it. So the ACP, as they call it, is a tool in our toolbox. And I'm really happy to say that thus far, because of the work the Department of Technology, the California Emerging Technology Fund, the Department of Education, the state libraries, the Department of Aging, and a number of regional and local partners, we've been able to connect about 2.1 million California residents to the Affordable Connectivity Program. We think there's about 5.8 million households that are eligible for that program. We're committed to connecting 90% of California's eligible population by the end of next year. Wow, that is amazing. And that's the Affordable Connectivity Program, the ACP program. And that program, I have to tell you, I actually have some experience with it. I have a friend who was dealing with some financial issues right now and not able to work. And so I started looking at options to help her. And I found the ACP program. I have to say it was very easy to sign her up with it. We actually found an affordability option I'm really happy to say that allowed her to get free internet. And that 
was amazing to me because there was an internet service, as you said, having more entrants come into the population of this space, having more entrants means some people's internet services are lower and she didn't need anything that was super, you know, she's not running a business from home or anything. She just needed to be able to connect and being able to connect her with that ACP program and get her internet service that actually costs $30 a month. So it ended up being free for her. I thought was amazing. I, I just thought that was such a good coup for California to have. So I commend you on your work with that. And I do want to underscore, like you really highlighted the main strategy is that different folks have different needs, but we're the affordable connectivity program. I mean, $30 a month to anyone, that's a big reduction in cost of a bill. But if you compare it with the low cost service offer from a private sector provider and essentially zero out that cost, so it doesn't impact the monthly budget, that is the ideal. And that's one of the major drivers of overcoming that barrier of getting folks connected at home. It brings us to my next question around equity. There is a California Digital Equity Plan. Can you expand on what that plan is? So I had mentioned the state's broadband for all action plan and outlined that access, affordability, and adoption were critical to digital equity. And that in July of 2021, the legislature allocated that $6 billion for infrastructure The digital equity plan is something that we are conducting now with a grant from the federal government, which really requires states to take a look at the barriers and gaps for a number of covered populations to identify how those impact disparate outcomes in certain policy areas like health, like education, like digital literacy and inclusion, access to essential services, workforce development and then develop strategies to overcome those barriers, to connect everyone to achieve those outcomes. And so the digital equity plan is really the next chapter in the broadband for all program. And we're about probably two thirds of the way through the digital equity planning process. And what's really important is when the state's digital equity plan is completed, we will turn into the federal government and we will receive a significant allocation of funding to help the state and regional and local organizations implement the digital equity plan. Wow. Okay. This sounds amazing. So now we have this digital equity plan. Has the state involved Californians, particularly older adults, in the development of the plan? And if so, how? When we go back to the size of the state, again, looking at 167,000 square miles and 40 million residents, we have a short period of time, a limited amount of money to engage with all those folks. So we've set up a planning process that's as inclusive and cross-cutting as possible. So we've set up a statewide planning group that consists of the 10 bribing council member entities and We've brought in a number of other state agencies that have a connection to the covered populations that we're supposed to serve and subject matter expertise. So the Department of Aging is a member of that body. We've set up six virtual working groups around education, health, workforce development, digital literacy and inclusion, essential services and tribal collaboration because getting connectivity out to tribal lands is really important. We've also had 17 regional planning workshops in every economic region throughout the state. And so AARP's California leadership and policy team has been at those meetings, representatives of area agencies on aging, and just citizens who are part of the aging population have participated in those. 
I think something that's really interesting that I would say is we have created a number of surveys to help get input with the folks we couldn't meet with either in a virtual setting or in person. And we developed an online and mobile phone-friendly digital equity survey. And because of our partnership with AARP, we've received 26,000 responses to that survey. And I would say well over half of the responses are from folks ages 60 or older. All right. That's fantastic. So the state has already hosted, it sounds like, a series of community meetings, had a public survey. These are things that have been concluded. Are there still ways for listeners to get involved and share their feedback on the digital equity plan? Absolutely. I'm in Reading this morning for one of our convenings with a number of tribal nation leaders. What we intend to do is when we close, we have two more meetings this month. We're going to spend the month of July pulling together all of the data, both qualitative and quantitative, that we've received from partners and stakeholders and residents and put together a draft digital equity plan. Once that is done, we're going to post it on the Broadband for All website for 30 days. We're going to send it back out to everyone who you know we've come into contact with and open it up to public comment to make sure that we have heard everyone correctly and that we have included what we need to in the plan. The thing to remember is that while the billions of dollars have been allocated towards access and infrastructure and those service, the digital equity plan is going to really look at how do we focus investments of potentially upwards of $100 million over the next five years in broadband adoption programs, which is actually like helping those who need the most help get connected to service developing digital literacy curriculum that's on a needs base for people who have different interests, doing digital navigation programs and workforce development programs. So that's what the plan's going to look like. And that's how folks listening today can continue to participate, which is to keep an eye out for the draft plan and provide comment on our website and tell us where we got it right and where we might have missed the mark. That's fantastic. So that's a great way for people to have access. What is the website? The website is broadband for all b r o a d b a n d dot c d t dot c a dot gov. Okay, you want to repeat it one more time? Broadband for all dot broadband for all dot c d t dot c a dot gov. Great, and we'll make sure that we list that also on the episode. So, what are the next steps for the digital equity plan? We can comment and things like that. Are there next steps that you're doing in developing this plan? Well, I think we're in the last stages of pulling together our residential survey. We're pretty covered. We've got a really good response on that. We're working with organizations to develop a statewide asset inventory of organizations and programs and funding sources that are currently promoting digital equity or that could be leveraged during the implementation plan. So really it's just calling together that information and developing the plan, posting it online. And really our goal is to get public feedback in the month of August and September and to turn the plan back into the federal government so that they can approve it. And hopefully at the beginning of next year, will receive funding and develop grant programs to help partner organizations go out and implement the plan that we've all developed. Okay, so we get that plan up online and 
try and make sure it gets approved and then getting additional funding. When you talk about that additional funding of the plan, is that also the same as having ensure the long-term sustainability of the California Digital Equity Act funding? How can we support that? Some of that still remains to be seen. We know there's a total pool of federal digital equity capacity grant dollars of about one and a half billion dollars. And we project California is going to get somewhere between six to 10 percent of that. That's going to give us a good amount of money to work forward on this plan over the next five years. In terms of long-term sustainability, there's a lot of momentum within the state. And I think how we generate that is to demonstrate that we've built a strong coalition statewide, both to develop the plan, but to implement the plan and that success will bring additional success. And so we're all going to be measured on the success of our work. And I think let's look at in the next couple of months, get a good plan together and then focus on the next five years and use those capacity grant dollars to prove that we've actually heard those folks who need the most assistance with digital equity, that we develop a plan to address those needs and that we've been successful. That's fantastic. Well, it sounds like this access, affordability and adoption plan is right along the way. For residents of rural areas, what is being done specifically to make sure that high-speed internet is available for them? We found there's a lot of common barriers across the state of California, and there are some very unique barriers. And in the rural areas, access is still a big part of it, particularly in those that are impacted by wildfires. We had a regional planning event in northern counties in, in Butte County and heard from residents that folks who've been displaced by fires are living in temporary shelters where there's like running on generators and no water. I think what we're doing is as expeditiously as possible and trying to build out the middle mile to support those areas. And then concurrently working with the Public Utilities Commission to develop and award the grants that will support entities to build out in those high cost areas. I think One of the things we've heard from the community is to keep an eye out how we can partner with the private sector and philanthropy to develop short-term or interim solutions that are perhaps different ways of connecting people, you know, in the next couple of years while we're building out the infrastructure. So there's a lot at work right now. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of work going on and so much more work that needs to be done. So thank you. Thank you. So Scott, if you could leave our listeners with one soundbite, what would it be? My boss often asks me that question, like, this is such a complex issue. And sometimes you talk in pages and paragraphs, but that broadband for all is achievable, but it's going to take all of us to get there. And so I would just say for folks to look at this as this is a big family working at solving a problem for all of our relatives. And whether you're impacted by it or you're not, we've all got to participate and we've all got to work together to achieve broadband for all. I love it. Working together to achieve broadband for all and broadband for all is accessible and we'll make sure it's affordable and that we adopt it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Scott. Do you have any last comments before we wrap up? I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Gordon, and thank you to AARP. When we set out on this process, we wanted to create as inclusive and expansive a table as possible. And the leadership and staff at California AARP has really risen to the call as a voice and a champion for the older residents here in California. And they've just been 
such a model example of what partners look like. So just thanks to AARP. Scott, thank you for joining us on In Clear Terms with AARP California. This was an incredibly informative conversation. Again, we have had the pleasure of speaking with Scott Adams, Deputy Director of Broadband and Digital Literacy with the California Department of Technology about California's Digital Equity Plan. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts who can shed light on critical issues in our state, how AARP California is working to ensure the voice of those age 50 plus is heard, and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening.